Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'd like to welcome you to Compliance Into the Weeds, a podcast where, with Matt Kelly, the coolest guy in compliance, founder and editor of Radical Compliance, we take a deep dive into the weeds of a compliance or compliance-related topic. Before I get to this week's topic, uh, as you know, <clears throat> the Compliance Podcast Network is always on the lookout for new podcasts. Have you ever wanted to start a podcast but didn't know how? Well, if you've thought about it, please take a listen to this week's sponsor, One Stone Creative. If you are enjoying this show, you might enjoy hosting your own. As an expert in your field, you have skills, knowledge, and insight that can help you expand your practice, meet new people, and create amazing content to share with the world. In as little as two hours a week, you can dramatically change how you promote, fill, and position your business, and One Stone Creative can show you how. Learn more at onestonecreative.net. Kelly was recently on assignment in California, and as part of that assignment, he stayed there for some vacation with the family, but on his airline trip out and back, Matt paid attention to the safety training video, which was shown on the Delta flight. We used that as a jumping off point to talk about uh, compliance training, what's effective training, what's tailored training, what is the purpose of training, how training can pair with communications or a more robust reporting system in an organization, and creation of a value-driven culture. It's a fascinating exploration of really an everyday occurrence uh, that all of us who travel go through, which is the safety training video. I think it will bring to you some new ideas and different ways to think about your safety training video and also think about the compliance training in your organization. Compliance Into the Weeds is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network and now a proud member of C-Suite Radio. Hello, everyone. Tom Fox, the voice of compliance, along with Matt Kelly, not only the coolest guy in compliance, but also the founder and editor of Radical Compliance, back for another episode. And Matt is returned from vacation, although uh, compliance is never far from his thoughts because he uh, got some compliance insights while traveling to the West Coast this past week around training. So, Matt, with that cryptic introduction, first of all, welcome and welcome uh, back to Boston. Hello, Tom. It is good to be back after uh, a nice week out in the beaches in Southern California. Had a lot of fun out there. And uh, now, as you said, compliance never stops. So I am back at the grindstone here at Radical Compliance Central in uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts. The world headquarters. Yes. So, Matt, uh, many compliance practitioners do travel. I certainly travel a lot. Uh, I uh, am always interested in the training videos or, or rather the, uh, the videos or the messages they give about safety. I always listen. So I'm going to be very interested to hear your take. So how does good compliance training find its wings? Well, so here's the thing. I'm just going to admit um, my own take on this, Tom. I, I don't pay attention to the flight safety videos on airplanes. Uh, I only watch them to the extent that I want to see what is the goofy thing that the airline is going to try to do as a shtick to make people actually watch the flight safety video. Um, I do not pay much attention to the material in the flight safety video itself. And apologies to all the stewardess or uh, airline stewards and stewardesses who might be listening here. Um, I know it breaks your heart, but I don't pay much attention to that video. And that got me thinking as I was looking at, I was on Delta and they now have this new kind of goofy cartoon comic strip approach to their flight safety video about compliance training. 
because the biggest challenge I think a lot of compliance functions have is how do we keep this training fresh and engaging, especially if we are doing it annually for people who will see it again and again and again. And eventually, after the second or third time, you start to think, yeah, I got it, and now I'm on autopilot and I'm zoning out. And that is not necessarily the best approach or thoughtfulness, um, mindfulness, if you are the compliance trainee, so compliance officers are trying to think about how do we put a fresh spin on this. This is the exact same problem that the airlines have with flight safety videos, trying to reach people like me who are on, you know, I've tuned out by the time that they're telling me how to buckle my seatbelt. Um, so that's where I went with this post that I had. Um, and I have to admit that for all of our talk about flight safety videos being a good example, I actually, I like that example for compliance officer discussion because we think they represent a lot of the challenge for corporate compliance officers about training and getting employees' heads in the game. We think that. But the more I was thinking about it and writing up a column about uh, flight safety videos and training, actually maybe it's not because flight safety videos are training passengers on a procedure a specific set of steps that you must take in the event of a specific situation, a flight emergency of some kind. So training people on a procedure is one sort of a challenge. But actually, I'd like you know, to maybe talk a little bit about how often is that really what ethics and compliance officers should be doing, or do we want maybe to train people to think ethically, well, that's not the same. There's no procedure for thinking ethically. There's no certain set of steps that you have to take. You know, thinking ethically is a different type of mindset. So there are different training challenges here, and that's, that's what I was noodling on as I was flying home from California and you know, writing up a post for the, the blog this week. So let me, uh, let me take the position, or at least the uh, sitting in the chair of someone who watches every safety flight video, um, because uh, one, uh, I want to see what they have done. So I fly United almost exclusively, and they have videos where United employees give a short vignette on the topic, uh, whether it is uh, buckling up, whether it's the, uh, the mask that might drop down if uh, you lose pressure, um, whether it is uh, uh, putting on your life uh, vest. Um, so, uh, uh, the, and they have... Uh, uh, don't smoke, um, follow instructions, all of those kind of key phrases. And uh, for me, Matt, the, that does a couple of things. First of all, I'm always interested and I want to watch. Two is I think it actually makes the United employee base probably better because they're more fully engaged in these videos. I don't know the process they have to go through or do they have to audition or not, but I, I really like the idea that they actually have United employees doing it and some were are much more personable as, as everyone is. Some it's clear that they're just reading a script rotely. Uh, but um, I always watch those. And I would parenthetically note that I never knew your uh, life vest was under the seat until I saw that on a video about five years ago. And I've been flying for, at that point, 35 years. I always wondered where the life vest was. Um, but uh, and the other airline I fly when I'm not on United is Southwest. And Southwest is as low a tech as it gets. And as you point out in your blog post, the um, stewards and stewardesses, or I guess they're all stewards now, um, give the uh, in-house flight safety message 
orally and they do it humorously. And I'm always intrigued by how do they make it humorous, how much people on the plane are actually engaged to hear the humor and that they take that message in. And for the specific purpose of that flight, I find both approaches uh, not only satisfactory, but they actually work because I know where the exits are. I always sit on the um, exit row because you get greater leg room. So I'm always next to the window and I always think about, okay, what do I have to pull? How do I pull this door open if I absolutely positively have to? Or do I look at the person next to me and say, you do it. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, for the specific purpose of the in-flight safety video, I always listen. I always find something out of it. And those specific tactics or techniques, I think, can be very useful for the compliance practitioner. I was going to say, it's interesting that you bring up those two specific uh, techniques. And I will admit that I do not usually fly on Southwest or United because they're not big airlines out of my home airport in Boston. So I, di I didn't really know that United did that. I did know that Southwest does that. Um, they, I, I, You are kinder than... I would be maybe about how humorous they are, but they try to be humorous. I appreciate that. Um, but what I typically see on the airlines that I fly that kind of drives me nuts is these are pre-recorded videos uh, where they are some sort of cartoon or they're a sketch or the uh, actors are singing or rapping their way through the training material or something like that. But it's all variations on the theme of let's take this boring material that you've seen maybe a thousand times and let's make it funny. Let's show people how slyly clever we are that we too know this is kind of boring and you've kind of seen it already. So we're going to poke a little fun at it. And aren't we clever, right? Now you're going to pay attention. And I find that to be a little bit wearing when I've seen it for the millionth time. And, you know, like Virgin Atlantic is one that I had flown on many times. They did this sort of weird animated charcoal sketch with monsters on the flight. Um, I think maybe it was Delta that used to have the singing flight attendants, uh, the videos, not in person. Thank you, God, for that. Um, but, you know, nonetheless, you know, a lot of it was corny. And I find it corny maybe to ring a little bit tired and hollow. Um, I, I, it's not to dismiss humor entirely. I'm a big fan of humor. I like to think I'm a very funny person. Um, but nonetheless, uh, you know, there's a certain triteness to it when you see it repetitively. However, your bit about United where they show vignettes of employees talking and giving their own sort of real world takes on how safety works. That actually ties to another point that had been resonating in my mind when I was thinking about effective training. Um, a lot of what we want employees to do, I think you could carve into maybe two big categories. You want them to follow a certain set of steps. You want them to follow a procedure. Okay, fine. But the other category is you just, you want them to know what to do regardless of the specific situation, when they see something wrong, you want them to speak up because that's really what ethics and compliance officers want. You want employees to recognize something is amiss and then be ready to speak up about it. Well, Ethisphere had published a report last week, well worth compliance officers' time, uh, talking about the importance of middle managers in cultivating a speak-up culture. And I think what we forget sometimes or overlook is that cultivating a speak-up culture is a training exercise. 
We are training employees to speak up when they see that something is amiss. Now, that's not the same as following a certain set of procedures. That is learning to use your good judgment when you see something that, you know, I've got no idea how the procedure might fit. We don't know what the facts might be. We don't know what the misconduct is. Um, so that is a different category of how you think. And who are the people who help employees the most when they're trying to think through what to do? It's not the compliance function, as Ethisphere and Navex Global, I think, and many others have documented. Man employees typically turn to their managers for, I've seen something. What am I supposed to do about it? Let me speak up about this concern. And managers are the ones who really are trying to train them to speak up about it. Now, if compliance officers are not careful, if you're not working with the managers, then a rogue manager might train employees to speak up never or to speak up and so I know when to retaliate against you. Managers can cause you all sorts of trouble as well, but they can be a wonderful resource for the whole company, including the compliance function, when they are trained to encourage a speak up culture. And how they, how do you, so I would say maybe it's more like how does a compliance function train the managers to train employees to be good speak up people? And what Ethisphere and Navex and many others have found is that the best way for managers to get employees to think about speaking up, to keep their heads in the game, to be engaged in ethics, is not necessarily to train them with videos or skits or anything like that. It's just to talk about ethics. It's just to talk about ethics in informal, casual, unstructured ways. Whenever some teachable moment comes up, they're going to talk about how ethics and compliance issues fit into this specific problem we just had in our department right here this week. Let's try and figure it out. If managers are trained to think about and talk about things that way, then employees get the speak up part much better. It, you know, in, in what way and what, how are we defining it? Doesn't matter whether it's they see misconduct more often, whether it's they're more willing to report it, whether they feel less risk of retaliation or any other criteria you want to define what a speak up culture really is. If managers just talk about how these things are important and how they are relevant to our daily lives here in department X, as we're worried about this, whatever this is, if they just talk about ethics, then boom, employees get to speak up culture much more. And this leads me all the way back to our United example here is really all that training video is, is it's managers or employees talking to their customers. In this metaphor, we'll say the, the training is the, the employees doing the safety demonstrations. They're just talking about safety to their direct reports who are the customers on the airplane. Same thing. If managers in any company are just talking about how ethics makes sense in our little niche of the enterprise on this day, employees get it more often, and that's where you want to go. So maybe in United's approach, that is a good example of how things might work well, but uh, the corny animation videos and everything else that I've seen, that kind of makes me roll my eyes right out of my head, but that's just me. So Matt, when I read your blog post today and I got to the section on that uh, you just articulated on the speak up culture and having managers, middle managers uh, talk about ethics, situational ethics, ethics and situations uh, on an ongoing basis outside of formal training, what I thought of was uh, back in my corporate life, I once had to make a presentation to uh, the corporation's executive leadership team 
and the group before me had gone and uh, not done very well. And um, mm-hmm. one of the group's members said to uh, an ELT member who'd criticized him, well, we didn't think we were going to be audited on our presentation, to which the ELT member said, every time you open your mouth in front of me, you're being audited. So that really struck me. Uh, but what, uh, and it stayed with me in my corporate life, but when I read your blog post today, the thing that I thought about was that communication is a two-way street and that uh, not only am I as an employee being audited uh, by my bosses, but my bosses are being audited by me. And that's what I got from your point about middle managers talking about compliance outside of formal training. That as an employee, I I am taking in the information that's being communicated. If it's important enough for my boss, whether it's a direct uh, supervisor or a member of an executive leadership team, to talk about ethics and compliance and doing business ethically and thinking about the decisions you make, that becomes a part of your culture. And so I found uh, that part, uh, I I have to admit, I didn't make the tie to United, but um, to the United videos uh, but I found that part equally um, powerful in your blog post today because uh, communi- communication outside of training is a continuous two-way dialogue. And that when you have employees uh, who are giving that information and employees that are receiving that information, they're processing that throughout uh, as well. So um, uh, great pickup on the United. Well, you know, it's about um, interrelating with people person to person, and we could talk for hours, I'm sure. Books have been written on good interpersonal relations and how that builds trust. Um, But, you know, I think that the most important thing compliance officers need to be thinking about is how to train people to think ethically. And that is not the same as training people to uh, follow a set of procedures. And Honestly, if the plane has gone down in a water landing and I have to know when to put my life vest on, the flight crew only cares that I know the procedures. They do not care about the ethical purity in my heart about if am I doing this right or not. It's just a put the damn life vest on after you get off the plane. Don't inflate it in the plane. That kind of thing. Following procedures, I actually think in the fullness of time will get easier and easier because you know if you want to train someone on how to say file an expense report that's an important procedure to be able to follow but you know the AI and the technology is only going to get smarter and they eventually will be able to guide employees through how to do it themselves and you know you won't need that much training because the AI won't let the employee file it any other way and will walk them through it but Interacting with other parties in an unstructured situation, such as if you are trying to figure out, is this a facilitation payment? Is this a bribe? Is this a health and safety thing where I should pay this so I can get out of the country in time? What am I supposed to do? You know, there are some procedures and there's some training videos that might be able to help, but really it's much more about, do I have good sound judgment in my head to be able to make the right decision? And that is something that is best taught by managers rather than some HR person or compliance person giving a lecture. And it's best taught by telling war stories or giving examples or you know more teachable moments that come along, not teachable moments that arrive at the start of every quarter that neatly align with whatever scripted training video you might have bought. That's not how the real world works. The real world is more about you know, do I know how to do something when it doesn't fit any proscribed procedure? 
And does the company trust the employee on how to do that? That's what people have to think about. That's what compliance officers have to think about. And it's more about do you train the managers well so they can train the employees to succeed on that score? That's, I think, really is, is the big takeaway that I had from my flight home, as weird as that sounds now that I say it. Uh, no, actually, uh, it does sound weird, although that's why we are the two uh, into the weeds in compliance, because we do think about these things uh, quite often. But the other thing uh, that struck me that uh, perhaps a little bit outside your blog post was uh, the delivery of a training message uh, tailored to not only the person, their job, but the time. So we've seen uh, several companies uh, try to uh, talk about having uh, just-in-time training for someone who's leaving the country around facilitation payments or some other issues, but also the issue of uh, tailored training towards those that are truly at high risk. And how do you get the message across in a formal way and then reinforce that uh, throughout uh, the time in between the formal training? So as we move uh, forward, I, I think we're going to see more training and communication uh, blending together uh, with some of the formal elements that we've talked about here in terms of uh, airline safety videos or live training, but also the uh, the informal that you articulated uh, in this podcast and on your blog post as well. So it's going to be interesting to see where it goes. Yeah, I mean, it'll definitely be a mix, and the technology is great to deliver the right nudge at the right moment to get people to be looking and thinking in the right way, but you know, to really keep pushing them beyond the nudge, that's, um, that's more good mental exercise and preparation all along the way. And that comes from, you know, working with your managers and thinking about these things day in and day out. So ultimately, that's, I think, where we're going to go. All right. Well, uh, kudos for uh, taking a plane ride with the family and uh, coming up with a great compliance topic. All right. Thank you, Tom. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Compliance Into the Weeds. If you have any questions, you can email Matt at mkelly at radicalcompliance.com. You can email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. I hope you'll join Matt and I again next week where we take up a topic of interest in the compliance arena. Compliance Into the Weeds is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network and a proud member of C-Suite Radio. Thanks so much for listening, and we look forward to visiting with you again. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.